What's going on everybody? Welcome to the next episode of Beyond Basecamp. Today we've got a great one for you. We have Jeremy and Matt from Edge of Cinema. They're a digital marketing company that focuses on video as a core pillar, but they're the doers and they're going to show you how it's done. All right, guys. So first of all, thanks for joining us. Uh, it's good to have you us. here. Yeah. So just as a little context, these fine gentlemen here do a lot of video work for us here at Element Risk. And what I've noticed since the beginning is just an absolutely holistic view in how you do things. You didn't rush the process at all. It seemed like you really cared about understanding first and then communicating later. And that's we always say that too, you know, we can't ensure what we don't understand. And so that's, you know, it's been a joy to work with you and it's been awesome to see you on this journey. So just for the folks that don't know you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, about your company and how you got started and how we're here today? Yeah, sure. I'll jump in and, and start. So our company is Edge of Cinema. Um, we originally started way back, it's about 14 years ago. Almost, we're on our 15th year now. Um, but we got started because we were friends all the way back in middle school and we loved making home videos together. So we just were having fun. We were doing home videos, prank videos, skateboarding yeah. videos. Like, you know, this is back in the days of like Bam Margera and yeah, like oh Jackass yeah. and stuff. Uh -huh. So we were just having fun with it and we loved it. Um, we figured out we could make money doing it and we were going to be making more money than, you know, getting a job at like McDonald's or something like that. So... Um, that's kind of our origin. We were like teenagers, like 15, 16, just getting some like computers and cameras and then started um, creating video productions and selling to um, parents of students in school. You know, like some yeah. of our first projects were like violin recitals or speech meets and we filmed it and and put uh, VHS tapes out and right. made copies and sold them to the parents and things like that. How so old were you guys when you were doing that? Um, I think like 15, 16 Get is when out. we first started. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. And then when did you realize kind of things were, Hey, this is, this is not just we're yes, we're having fun with it, but this is actually, we really might have something here. What, what was that? Yeah. I mean, the decision for us to go pro into like actually starting a company for real was when it came down to college, we were, we had a decision. We, we were in a couple bands and played a lot of music Oh, very cool. and our big, choice was like do we want to go into music or video as a career for school because mm -hmm. we figured you know whatever we went to school for that would be our our path and the decision really came down to like what do we want to keep whatever we do for work will become work and yes. it'll kind of lose its flavor and seasoning so we decided to keep music as like sacred music plus it's it's a tough business going mm -hmm. into being a band or recording studio is very rough right so we went film because we loved it, but it, it also wasn't like something you can do by yourself at home on the weekends and stuff. It's something you got to do with a crew, and it's very time intensive. So we decided to go to film school, and we went to Full Sail University and got oh, yeah. our bachelor's of science degree in film, mm -hmm. which is cool. It was very hands-on technical school, so we really got a really theory-based education in it, all the lighting and all the technical end of things, and got our hands on some really cool equipment. So we came out with a really advanced idea of what like top level filmmakers were doing. And mm -hmm. that's what we saw in the corporate world. Everyone's using these shoulder cams kind of still coming out of the eighties and nineties and doing this really old school, just plant it on a tripod, get the shots, just capture what someone told you. And we saw a need for not only bringing cinematic 
quality video and lighting into the corporate commercial world and doing just more fun type projects, but mm -hmm. also making it effective in the messaging. Right. I, we, we have a lot of clients here where their passion became their profession. And some have kind of joked with me about a great way to kill a passion is to make it your job. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you guys got into this for fun. Do you still have that element of fun in your everyday? Or is there just like a reality to that a little bit? Like it, are you glad you made that decision to let music stay sacred and make this the profession? Yeah, we totally are. Cause at this point, I mean, we, we love what we do. It's, it's a pleasure to come into work, all these different projects. We view everything as a challenge that's fun to overcome. Like pretty much every project, it's something new, it's something different. It's a different product service or company we're working with totally different audience we're selling to different voice we might be using yeah. for the campaign and brand. And yeah, we love it every day. It's something new and exciting. Right. Anything you want to add? Yeah, I'll say it's, it's a ton of fun. I mean, every project we work on, we have like a saying, every project is our masterpiece. Oh, so cool. we're like always that. racking our brain, like when a new project comes in, what what can we do different to make this project stand out? You know, we love looking at different types of gear. And, and um, part of the decision to make our name Edge of Cinema was we wanted to stay like on the cutting edge of yes. like the film equipment, oh, I like that. the ideas the creativity um so we still just have fun with that every right. project we do neat yeah to touch just to touch a little more on that too is yeah we love the technological side of things like how can we make it better and that's kind of like the fun for us is we have to top every project we've ever done every time right yeah because you know internal that's, competition that's the evolution <laughs> so you're competing yeah. with yourself with other people in the company, like, I got to do this better than the last one. We did something really cool on that one. How can I bring that into this and expand on it type of thing? So it, mm -hmm. that challenge to ourselves has really helped us evolve and keep it fun and exciting. Cause right. We love what we do and we love getting it. There's nothing better than topping your project every time. You know, yeah. It's very satisfying reward. So speaking of that evolution, you mentioned you went from selling recital videos to parents and now... You're working with multinational companies, doing projects around the world. Um, I, I just—it's been awesome to watch the growth of your business. How how did that go? What were some of the important steps in in going from where you were to some of the things you're doing today? Yeah, well, with like video is how we started. That's what we, that was the only service we had when we first started, and it's very tough to begin because you need demo footage to prove that you can do those high level jobs. So mm -hmm. for us, it was. How do we sell jobs without anything to show for that we've done? You know, we had those old videos from, you know, stuff we helped out with church, speech meetings, and yeah. recitals and stuff. But that's not going to sell you a car dealership or sure, a yeah, business. Right, yeah. <laughs> so when we first started, the first thing, we, our first primary goal was just let's get a cool demo reel that shows some of our modern capabilities with the newer equipment we had bought when we started the company. So we went to probably 10 different businesses that were local to us, and we just offered them a free, like, one to two-minute video smart just totally free smart. we just want to make something cool to show showcase what we can do and it worked out great we were able to hobble together some kind of a demo reel and a lot of those clients actually ended up being returning clients they like what we put together yeah and absolutely it's kind of our first feeder. little client book out of that nice yeah i'll just add to that um one of the things that we notice in just about all creative fields is it really doesn't matter about your formal <clears throat> education or the degrees you have or anything like that. All that matters is your portfolio right. and the work that you have already completed. 
Um, so when we went out to these 10 businesses and, and got these 10 portfolio pieces, we were selecting them based on what footage do we want to have in our reel? Like, what do we wish we had video of to show our future clients? Right. And so we tried to choose some really exciting things. Like um, there was like a car dealer who had like souped up Corvettes and Camaros. Right. We did a video yep. for them. Yep. We did um, one for like rock climbing, gym, and just wherever we could get the coolest footage possible and, right. and just start making cool demo reels for ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, one other thing I'll just add, too, is, like, that's something we still struggle with. It's, like, there's these certain types of jobs, like a giant, really high-level animation project. Mm -hmm. We don't – we can do it. We have the team members and the experience to do everything, but we don't have a ton of that level stuff in our portfolio. So we still struggle selling certain types of jobs because right. no one will trust you to do it until you've done it. Mm -hmm. But unless that, you get someone to pay you to do it, you don't – have the ability to prove that you can do it so absolutely it's, that's like the entrepreneur's dilemma right there. yeah exactly like, yeah exactly. right um so just to hop off what you were saying there when we we're trying to enter into some of these new markets like animation mm -hmm. one of the first things we did is we're thinking again let's go back to our roots how did we break in in the first place right um so what we did is we found some nonprofits who we found could really benefit from a uh, animated video like an animated explainer for example yes and we donated a video to them. So we just paid for it ourselves to produce it. Mm -hmm. And then once again, you know, they got the video they needed. We got the portfolio piece. And then we went on to, to break into that industry. And we could show people that we could do it. Right. And then we could sell it in the future. Yeah, that's smart. And it's so interesting you guys are saying that because a theme that kept coming to mind as I was thinking through what we would be talking about was putting yourself out there. And clearly... That's something that you've had to do personally, but now you help businesses put themselves out there in a very holistic way, in a very um, eye-catching way in some cases and things like that. How has that, the digital marketing side of your business evolved, and how are you helping companies get themselves out there? Because I think a lot of our clients, they're, they're just awesome to work with, but they, they don't fancy themselves an influencer or a YouTube star. They have no... That they love doing what they do, and that's what makes them good at what they do and why their businesses have grown. So how do you help companies put themselves out there? You've had to walk that road. How do, how do you kind of mentor them down it now? Um, so, I mean, really, there is no business that doesn't involve some kind of marketing or putting yourself out there in some way. Mm -hmm. um, and then with the digital marketing space, there's you have all these tools that you can use. You got video. You have social media. Um, Google pay-per-click ads and things like that. Um, sometimes a business's objection to starting into that is that nobody in the business knows how to do it already. Right. Um, and obviously that can be like a huge obstacle to overcome. So we try to help them overcome that because first off, we know how to do it and we can put together a simple package mm -hmm. which takes something complex and makes it simple um, for them. So we put together a, a package that's easy to understand. It's easy for them to just look at the top level number and yeah. say, I want to do this package for this amount of money. Yes, let's right. start. And then right. we take care of everything possible to make it as easy as possible for them. Right. Um, and, and that includes a lot of different tools in the belt working together. Yeah. Um, back to what Matt was saying before. Um, once upon a time, we just made a video for people and we handed it over to them. Mm -hmm. And some people knew exactly what to do with that video to promote it. Other businesses, 
uploaded it to YouTube and it got like six views. And then they're like, well, this campaign was a waste. Even though right. it was a great video, right. they didn't get the eyeballs on it. Yes. So we started adding to our recommendation of the digital campaign things like, let's, let's um, make the video with the thought in mind of where it's going to go. Is it going to go on YouTube? Mm -hmm. Are we going to drive traffic to it through paid advertising? Yeah. Um, a lot of times people, they think they want to put it on their social media accounts. Um, and then the next question is, well, how many followers do you have? You right, know, like, exactly, yeah. If you only have 100 organic followers, then an organic post is only going to get you like very little interaction. Right. And it's really important to drive traffic in. So. Yeah. Um, um, paid advertising became a big part of that campaign. And then on the other side of it is, all right, now what do we do once somebody views your video? What's the call to action? Right. Um, so that's where we started adding in um, web development pages and landing pages because the, the best practice is to have a really obvious call to action. Yeah. So once somebody sees your video and is convinced of whatever story we're telling them, then mm -hmm. they can just hit the button and you can get their contact information. You can take the next step. Right. And actually engage. Actually yeah, right. engage. Um, so the best advice is like you want to think through that whole process. How does the marketing flow into the sales process? Yeah. If you have a plan for that, it it makes it way easier. Do you do you have clients that will sometimes come and just want to shoot a video and think that video will go like one video will go viral and that's how it's done. You're yeah, like, whoa, and whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah, and that's like a big thing. Like at the start of every creative planning process we have for whatever the medium is we're going to produce for them is yeah. just what is the goal? Like, what do you want to happen through producing or creating this piece of media? Right. And sometimes they don't know. You know, it's like we just want a cool video or people don't know about this. It's like okay, well. Do you want them to know about it so they buy it from you? Do you want them to know about it so they subscribe to your service? Do you mm -hmm. want them to share it with their friends so we can get into their network? And that's really like the for anyone who's creating anything marketing wise, you got to. If you don't know, you need to sit down and map out what is the goal of producing. If we're going to put time and resources and manpower into this idea, yeah, what is our goals? Let's map map them out specifically, and then like Jeremy was talking about with the call to action, right? Yeah. What does that goal look like in action right. being achieved? So that's something that stood out to me in the early days of working with you guys. Like, it seemed like if you wanted to make a video, there were companies out there that would say, hey, let's make a video, we'll take the money, and thank you. You almost wouldn't allow the video to be made until the purpose was defined for the video. And looking back, I so appreciate that, you know, because it, it really framed the way we think about things. Um, and, and the interplay between the different mediums that are out there for putting yourself out and even... Do you go? Do you have a Facebook or not? Do you have a TikTok or not? Do you, you know? And um, yeah, I mean that's like our goal is to have clients continue to come back to us. Right. And if we're not guiding them in a direction where everything they do through us is successful, why would they? Right. You know? Yeah. Absolutely. Do you? There was there was this temptation though to want to come to you and get prescribed this perfect little box. You know, do this, then that, then that, and then it'll just all. You know, and that doesn't seem to be how marketing works. What's your perspective on that? How do you kind of set clients' expectations? You know, and if, and someone who's watching, like, you know, what should their expectations be setting out on the journey of intentional, budgeted, big-time marketing? Um, okay, yeah, so I have a, a little example that I like to share. 
very often we'll have a new business come to us and they say, we want to make a video. We want it to be used for marketing. We want it to go on YouTube, maybe on TV. Maybe we'll cut a few smaller pieces out of it. Right. We want it to be everything all in one video. And also we have like five different types of clients and so we wanted to address all of them. <laughs> yeah, right. And we want it to be for the employees and training. That, like, <laughs> liter- like, we're like, in one oh. video. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> um, so the first thing we say is, one video is not going to be everything to every person. Right. A good way to think about it is a piece of video content is like a conversation that you're having with one individual person. So yeah. when you're designing your video for your marketing, uh, one of the best things to do is like um, figure out all your different verticals. So all your target markets mm-hmm. um, and and then make a single piece of video for each one. Right. Because then you're creating a custom conversation to have with each person. Yes. I mean, it's it's pretty obvious. Like, if, if you were going to sell something to, you know, someone who's like 65 years old, the conversation that you would have with them would be very different than selling something to a person who's 15 years old. Right, absolutely. And just like that, when you're creating your video content, you want to customize your message to the person who this is intended to be viewed by. Right, yeah. There's a, a quote, I think it's Wanamaker who said it. He said, I know that 50% of our marketing budget is wasted. I just can't figure out which 50%. You know, like, so, so the, all these things add up and it's hard to kind of directly quantify. But what do you see in your clients that are having success with this and who keep coming back to you for additional projects? Is it, is it a mental commitment or is it a directly uh, relatable ROI that they can say, this did that, you know, what are you seeing as, as the norm in that space? I mean, there's kind of a mix. There's people, there's the people who have like a very specific vision and they're using us as an extension of their marketing department to get the tools they need to complete their plan. And then there's the people who come to us and we help them develop a plan. And it's usually very helpful with like, the most successful people who in that second scenario who come to us when they follow the plan all the way through, some people will be like, that's a great plan. We'll tweak this and this. And, and then if you don't follow things in a certain order, especially with marketing where there's so many analytics and things to track, Mm -hmm. it just comes very hard to really tell what was that successful. Like, were we able to track the click through on that? Do we have a contact form where we could actually see all the leads that were coming through from that specific campaign initiative? Right. And it gets very confusing if you don't do that. So, yeah, the people who can map to success are usually the ones who recognize the value the most. Right. Because there's, there's some people where they have a big successful business that's just doing great. Mm-hmm. Marketing helps, but, I mean, it's going to do great either way. You right, know, yeah. Like you need to keep marketing, but the product or the service, whatever it is, just on fire type of deal. We're right. just doing really well. Right. Do you, with all the different clients that you've worked with over the years, do you think there is... I I know this is almost an unanswerable question, but if you had to say this is the mix that we see um, the most results from across industries. campaign-wise? Yeah, just a combination. You've got to have some video pillar content first, and then you break that that, down across the socials. The the trifecta is... Yes, there you go. Like a Google Mm -hmm. ads slash social media campaign that's super targeted to your exact demographic. All the messaging in the copy is pointing you know, hitting all their needs. You can, the way with Google works and stuff, you can have it, each search phrase, you have a different ad group, so you can really dial yes. in exactly who's seeing it based on exactly what they want. And then when they click on that, whether on social media or Google, it's driving them to a super specified landing page that hits exactly each specific ad group, has a different landing page. Yes. 
and each one has a video on it. So for that group that targeted yeah. ad to someone actively searching for your thing or actively interested in it takes them to a landing page that is an extension of that ad explaining things with a video top and center to really emotionally grab them right and then a contact form right below or a phone number or whatever so it's i'm looking for this oh that sounds like what i want expansion wow that that's exactly what i want watch the video wow these guys get it yeah and they have what i want yeah contact them yes because that awesome. way it's like they've had like five points of contact and trust built before right. they even talk to you. Yeah, that's a good point. Do you do any sort of uh, like lead nurturing as well? Like let's say they do that exact journey as a, as a customer. They do that exact journey, but then drop off. You know, a, a kid starts crying in the background and they need to go feed their kids breakfast, you know, whatever the case may be. To come back to that client when the time is right to them, do you guys help your clients figure out a way to nurture things all the way through, even when they don't hit right away, if you will? Yeah, so that's a that's kind of where we've transitioned from marketing into sales. Yes. And that is definitely important to re, like have that plan in place before you really go into marketing. Right. Um, so Agreed. the other thing yeah. we tell people is um, when you're building your sales and marketing plan from scratch, you really want to start at the point of the sale and work backwards. So that means mm, the first process we're developing is that's the good. sales process. Right. So assuming we already have the interested party, how do we bring them through to close the sale? That should actually be developed before you go into marketing. Right. Um, I love that. That's like really practical, like chicken or the egg. There's yeah. the answer. That's Develop your sales yeah. process first. So that yep. means when you have the interested leads, what's your process for getting them to close? Right. Um, for some, for for like our business, how we close sales is first they enter our radar as a, a new lead. Yeah. Um, they go onto a big list for us that they cannot get off of until they tell us that they don't, you know, want to work with right. us. Otherwise, we will continually follow up with them over mm -hmm. time. We'll nurture that lead mm -hmm. until we get either a yes or a no. It's going right. to be, yes, we're moving forward with a campaign or stop contacting me, you know, yeah, to leave me alone. Yeah. Um, but but really, that's that's the process. You have to have a plan in place for nurturing. And do we help people with that? We we help people with that in some ways, like there's um, some email marketing campaigns that can yes. be helpful with that process. But personally, my recommendation is if you have the ability to bring a human uh, salesperson in, mm -hmm. do that sooner rather than later. Like, right. don't automate yep. if you don't have to. Like, right. um, obviously, marketing and stuff, it's great to use automation to bring in those leads. But yes. then when it comes time to actually closing the sale, we're big um, advocates for picking up the phone and calling yeah. your leads, you Same know, here. like yep. develop that human connection. Mm -hmm. I think that's most, it's even more effective than, than right. video is the human touch. Right. We're actually seeing demographically might be a little bit counterintuitive that the next generation is wanting to self-educate, but when it comes time to actually take action, they want human engagement. Mm -hmm. That's what right. we're seeing in our results. And so are you the same? Yeah, exactly. And like, even when we're personally looking for a service or like a contractor to help us with something in our business, yeah, I'll email four or five, I'll do a lot of research. I'll email like four or five people that I've qualified as legitimate to at least have a conversation yeah. with. And usually one super sharky sales guy will call me instantly. And then like three will email me the next day. And it's like, okay, where's the middle ground? You know, right, someone yeah, sure. <laughs> confidently calling just to schedule a meeting so we can like go over things. Yeah, so. absolutely. 
That's interesting. If, yeah, like I said, if you can get your sales process mapped out ahead of time, it just puts you way ahead of everybody. Right. Like there's so yeah. so many people who just don't just have that set up, and it's just yeah, that's turns off so many leads. Right. I was going to say, when I'm shopping for a, a service, I don't know how many times I've filled out a contact form on somebody's website mm -hmm. wanting them to call me, and I just never get a call, never get an email. Wow. Um, and it's really, they had the marketing plan in place. They convinced me that they would be qualified. Yes. And yet they never follow through the sales process. Right. 100%. Like What's the point it. in all the marketing if you're not going to? Right. I was yeah, there right. ready to pay them. And and they just blew it just by not contacting their leads. That's yeah. like the biggest mistake you could make. That is so practical and good. And that's what I always try and get for, you know, listeners and viewers and don't market if you're not going to have the whole part of the <laughs> yeah. process, right? Like right. what is, yeah, that's, that's really close good. Close the sale. You know? Right. Yeah. Pick up the phone and close the sale. <laughs> right. But that you said in both of those scenarios that you guys were describing that you self-researched, you know, and then got to a point, I perceive credibility here and things like that there we, we have clients sometimes they're like i don't need to do any of this because all of our business comes from referral and so, somebody recently kind of said to me what about all the referrals you don't know you didn't get because you were referred and then they went online and said not for me you know that kind of thing so talk, if you can talk talk to us a little bit about the importance of keeping things fresh keeping things credible in that online you know first impression environments um, yeah, I'll say if if you're getting stagnant, then you're just you're on the decline. You know, right, like yes. all businesses are either growing or shrinking. Mm -hmm. And if you think you've already reached your peak, then that means maybe you did reach the peak and you're yeah, on the right. way down. <laughs> yeah. You know, you might be right. <laughs> um, but the truth is, there's tons of businesses out there. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of businesses who are hungry, who are right behind you. Maybe you're the top dog right now, but there's people. That's they're good, yeah. encroaching, you know, and and you got to fight to stay in business. You know, you got to keep developing. Right. You'll add on to that, too. I mean, naturally, your business should be like innovating and expanding somewhat as it continues to grow. Sure. So evolving. your marketing better be obsolete next year that you're doing right now. Right. Assuming Interesting. You're yep. expanding, you know. Yeah. So if you're not constantly refreshing, at least just some of the messaging, like, right. I don't know what you're doing in your business growth. Yeah, there's. There's a lot of examples that people have watched of industries who got complacent mm -hmm. and they were sitting by while another like upstart took right. their place. Like think about Spotify and the music industry. You mm -hmm. know, they were king of the world for so long. Mm -hmm. They didn't realize they needed to pivot their whole distribution method. Right. And they were overtaken. Same with Blockbuster. Mm -hmm. They were overtaken by streaming because they didn't read the what was happening, what was changing, and right. they didn't adapt. Right. <clears throat> yeah, just to give an example from our industry, too, with um, video production, when we started, it was kind of in the transition from SD standard definition to HD to yes. 4K. Okay. But when we started, there was guys like, SD's not going anywhere. Like, I'm not doing HD. It's stupid. It's not necessary. Like, <laughs> some wow. people would charge, like, if you want HD package, that's <laughs> this much extra. It's like, why do you charge extra for, like, you know, it's like... it it's harder to make standard definition video than it is HD video. Oh, you interesting. Like... Right. Yeah, the, the whole evolutionary... And I, I'll be honest, like when I came to you guys, I think I was looking for a prescription that I could just put in place and we just roll with that forever or whatever. You know what I mean? Like uh, I remember the term evergreen video. I was like, yeah, those, let's do more evergreen videos, meaning we can just use this forever. And um, 
you know, you educated me on that right out of the gate. Like this is a process and a journey and it's, you know, it's, it's not going to be a set it and forget it reality. But in this conversation, you can see why it shouldn't be that either, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and there is such thing as evergreen video. Like when we use that term and we always suggest that is don't say, you know, don't use dates or we've been in business for 10 years. Right. Because next year, guess what? You've been yeah, in business 11. for 11 years. <laughs> right, right, yeah. <laughs> so, so it's like be careful like using dates and timelines in videos. That's like right. a good quick tip is like if you're going to talk about history and stuff like that. Be careful with it. Be, yeah, care- be strategic use the date. about it. We started it. Yeah, in this right. year versus this many years. Right, yeah. You know, it's just little things. Yeah, that's good. So in the in the industry at large, you know, it's uh, all press is good press is a, is a saying you'll hear from time to time. Um in your world, content creation, video, is all is all content, good content, or like, would you would you want someone just get started, or don't start unless you're going to do it well? You know, what's your what's your take? It's, it's more of like consistency <clears throat> is like important. If you're gonna start making videos for your social media or something, just continually put it out there. Don't right. make like one, then wait like three months and do it again. Because the idea is to build recognition and consistency so people start to recognize you yeah. and see what you're doing who you are and you know you can get better at it as you go but i'd say like just being honest is the most important thing like authentic authenticity is yes. super key to yeah. putting yourself out there through yeah. content like an authentic low budget phone video of some guy driving and talking could be way better than some like fifty thousand dollar video of giant studio set you built if it's inauthentic right. you know right. it comes yeah. off like some guy just schmoozing the world with yeah. this message yeah um yeah I, w- I was gonna say if if you're concerned about starting with video because you don't have a budget or something like mm-hmm. that um the nice thing about social media is there's a whole environment where it doesn't have to be super high level professional video but kind of like what matt was saying as long as it's consistent right. and you have like a, a plan that you're going to be continually putting content out there, that's how you can succeed with with spending very little money or even no money. I mean, you can use a cell phone and record some video. Right. But so what's when would that hurt your business? When would it help it? It's kind of about that consistency. You know, somebody trying to take a shortcut. We were just joking around today actually about somebody who had – sat down for like one hour and they were like, I'm going to film all my social media yeah. <laughs> for the year right now. And they went through all the holidays and said, happy, you know, Merry Christmas, happy right. Valentine's day. And right. they just, and then they posted it on their social media and that's all they did. And then when you look down their feed, it was just this like copy and paste. Like, right. Right. Thing. Right. And it kind of made it look cheesy, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. so it's it's going to be a reflection on you, but you really got to think about being consistent. The more frequently you're posting, right? Um, it kind of means you'll it'll allow for more um, variety in your content. You know, it doesn't have to all be like super professional. Yeah. If you're posting a lot, but if you're only posting one video to your page and it's really not professional at all, right? Then that's the one impression people get of you is this non-professional. Yeah, right. Version, you know. Yeah, that's what we were talking about that earlier today. Is like the less uh, on a sp- social media channel specifically, the less content you put, it's almost the more focus and attention. That well, that's a good point. Gets. Yeah, you only so have two videos. Like that's if your you're whole flooding your feed with <clears throat> a million quick videos. <clears throat> people will see it and move on. 
Even right. if one of them wasn't great, whatever, it's one of the hundred you did in the last two months. Yeah. Or if you have one big video, then it's not great. That's the one that's living and people are watching repeatedly. And it's right. Like, that's a really good point. I do. I see that all the time. Yeah. Or on the other <clears throat> side, if you know you only have time to make one video, maybe it's time to hire the professionals. Get one really professional video. Right, yeah. That looks good. Yeah, right. So for you, when you think about the right timing of everything, right? So your business has evolved over the years. Uh, I'm sure you had plans to go left and life said go right or whatever, the, you know, the market said go right. What are some of those pivots that you've had to make professionally for your business, but then also too, how do you help your clients make them from a marketing perspective? So what have you had to walk through and then how have you helped via what you do, clients walk through the same? So I guess I'll start by answering in our own business, some of the pivots were things like, I mean, we got into this because we loved making videos, making films. I mean, we had our sights in the very beginning on maybe like, you know, kind of like the narrative filmmaking type of yeah, stuff. Yeah, right. Um, sure. So right out of the gate, we pivoted to business video, video for businesses. And then um, down the road, we pivoted to just doing video to doing all these other marketing services like right. Google ads, making web pages, um, doing live stream videos, you know, adding in these other services. Yeah. And the reason that we made those pivots is because we realized, you know, we're not just a video production company. We're a company that helps people in all aspects of digital marketing. Right. So therefore, we must include these other services because it's it's what we're here to do is to help people right. succeed. Um, and so we have to use all the tools available to us in order to help them succeed. That's That's the real goal. Yes. So when we're trying to help a client, um, figure out which pivots would be helpful to them or which would be distracting. You really just have to focus on your main goal and kind of you have a little bit of a wide view of your mm -hmm. main goal. Absolutely. Um, so you can encompass some of the extra things or some of the turns that you have to take um, to stay on track. Right. Because you don't want to be so locked into just one way of doing things that when times change, then you become irrelevant. Right. Um, it's, it's hard to map out exactly what that looks like practically, except for just kind of having a mission statement and, and saying, this is what we're here to help people do. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we're going to use all the tools available to do that. Right. Yeah, that's good. The, with, with that journey, it's not, you know, anybody who has a business or is in, you know, knows it's not all rosy all the time. So were there any, were there any points along the road for you where you thought, well, I don't know. I don't know, like, and, and how, if you, if you came up against that point of deep friction, how did you maybe individually or as business partners get over it, basically, and keep moving forward? Like, by friction, do you mean, like, doubt in the business itself? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Either the business itself as a whole or the business direction where you were at presently. Yeah, I mean, there's been multiple periods where we had to really sit down and reevaluate it, and mm -hmm. that's kind of where, like, we had... We had talked to several like business development coach types of people to really kind of help us pull back and get a more of a zoomed out perspective mm -hmm. on business to where it's very easy to get lost when you're just doing all the business operations. And that's kind of in the last few years, we really dove deep into business development. We really um, developed a passion for business development itself once we realized the power that it has of like, hey, let's sit back, look at what this business and its systems are doing as a whole. Yeah. 
What is it achieving? How can we make it bigger and stronger? How can we free up our time within the business to do more of that development side of things and expanding to help not only the business grow, but to give our clients a better return on their yeah, investment sure. and offer them a bigger suite of services that's right. more effective at the same time. Did you feel a pressure to have to do that or a desire to want to do that? It was kind of like, well, I mean, some of our conversations have been like in our early years, we were not making a lot of money at all. Right. So it's like we we want to have families, we want to have houses and yeah. live respectable lives, you know, and yeah, it's like yeah. you can't do that when you're making 20000 a year or whatever right. it was in the early years. So it was, it was really us sitting down and saying, okay, well, how do we get to a salary where we'd feel comfortable doing this for the rest of our lives? Because yeah. we love doing it, but you can't, you know, you can't just have a hobby for your whole life right. and yeah. have a family and all that. It's, you know, it comes like a sacrifice on one end or the other. Right. And the solution is, you know, you have to develop the business and map where you want to go and how you're going to get there yeah. and the team you're going to need to achieve that plan. Yeah, absolutely. It sounds very similar to developing a marketing plan, like beginning yeah. with the end in mind and working backwards, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I, just to add to that, um, in those beginning years when we weren't making a lot of money, mm -hmm. um, fast forward to now, like kind of what was the change? I yes. think one of the things that was really impactful to us was we started doing um, a lot of networking and okay. in-person networking. Okay, great. Um, so we joined up with some groups, um, you know, where you have those, those groups where there's a lot of different types of business members um, getting together regularly. Mm -hmm. And through networking, we met people in different stages of business, you know, right. other business owners, people who were professionals in different industries. Um, and gaining that perspective from them, it, it was like mentorship. Yeah, absolutely. You know, oh um, my goodness, yeah. Having conversations. We, we started a podcast as well, and yeah. we've learned so much by sitting down with other professionals like you, right. picking their brain, you know, like asking them the questions about how do we grow, you know, figuring yeah. out the answers to problems that you're facing can really only be done through mentorship. I mean, it's not the only way, but that's one of the best ways. It's one of the fastest ways right. is yeah. learn from the wisdom of other people who have already done this. Right. Because, um, you know, you're not reinventing the wheel here. Every, there's tons of businesses who have preceded you. Right. Just figure out what other people did and, and start trying some of those solutions and it'll advance you quickly. Right. I love the fact, just kind of is hitting me, that you guys are a digital marketing company talking about the power and importance of human interaction. It's It's awesome and counts it's not counterintuitive but it could be do you know what i mean like mm -hmm. oh just a system for this and an auto email for that and a follow-up blah blah but that yet in-person networking if you don't don't do this if you're not going to have a person that can get on the phone at the end of it and and help someone navigate the final stages of that journey you know that kind of stuff i love well, it's it it's like almost every single service we provide is at some level to get physical interaction right. slash relationship started. Right. You know, that's really like we're just taking we're two hands and putting them together right. you know, for our client and their prospective client. Yeah. I think that's cool that as a marketing company, you even see marketing as a tool. It's not like if, if marketing is a hammer, it, the hammer doesn't build the house. The person is still, it's a tool though in that process. And I love that. That's probably why you're, you're, messaging always comes through so clearly and your process is always so transparent throughout the journey and and the thing i couldn't believe is how much you nailed you somehow figured out a way to put into a script everything that was going on in our minds 
and it's there was a lot of questions, a lot of listening, and you were able to communicate things that are hard to communicate. You know what I mean? To get to those deep things like the why you do what you do, and you're you're master communicators with that. So I really appreciate that. Um, yeah. Uh, what what some of the funnest projects you've been working on recently? What what, I mean, what gets you jazzed up these days? Like I said, we're still doing a lot of video stuff. So, I mean, those are always the fun hands-on mm -hmm. projects, going to different industry sites. Like right now we're doing some stuff for a pharmaceutical development lab. We're doing some different, like, 3D printed resins that are yeah. used for, like, mouth guard development and stuff oh, wow. like that. So we're making some pretty flashy kind of product introductions for this resin to show all these different 3D printers. We have yeah. all these crazy lighting slow-mo videos these mouth guards rising out of the 3d printer trays and stuff yeah, so cool. that's been fun we're doing some like more lifestyle stuff right now for a physical therapy company so it's we have a bunch of actors for that shoot and it's over like a four-day shoot or four or five days i forget but multiple days of production but we're going to a ton of different locations showing all these different people in real real life lifestyle kind of situations and how the therapy impacts them in their real life versus right. just them working out. And I'm feeling better. If you want to get strong, call it. It's like, no, this <laughs> is, we're meeting you at, in your lifestyle. Yes. Everyone has these challenges and there's ways to overcome them type of message. Right, yeah. Is that the favorite part for you guys of why you do what you do is seeing, seeing the, the either their businesses grow or them continue to do what is, what their passion is in just the broader sense? Yeah, I mean, it's awesome to have like a business come back to us and tell us how successful their last video was and we can look and see their website like wow they have obviously grown yeah. since we started that campaign so yeah. that i mean that's always super nice to see yeah yeah I, I would say it's twofold number one we love hearing those success stories we love helping other people succeed mm -hmm. um the other thing is it's like creating an art project for us you oh, know cool. like yeah when we are creating a video that we're really proud of it's it's just fun it's rewarding right that's kind of why we got into it in the first place because we love the craft yes um i'll also give a shout out to the boring videos that we do too uh -huh. you know like everybody always wants to know about the exciting stuff but <laughs> right true um a large percentage of our time is is spent pursuing kind of the boring video mm -hmm. jobs you know like and the beauty of them is that they pay really well and there's lots of them out there yeah right um so Part of the fun has been uh, tracking and, down yeah, those companies. To the right viewer, it's not boring at all. It's right. Exactly right. Yeah, they're all jazz. The right, exactly. Yeah. So it's, yeah. like, right. it's all relative. Right. It's just not the stuff that you think of right. as like the right. hot project, you know, yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah, like sometimes we'll be like thinking, how can we connect with new pharmaceutical clients so we can make videos about them? Yes. You know, and, and then we're we're reaching into some areas that we haven't been before. You right. Know? Yeah. And some stuff like that is, is a lot of fun. I also like whenever somebody wants to know about like the most exciting thing, I always bring up the time that we went to Pakistan to film oh, a right. video yeah. project for a, a missionary out there at yeah. like an orphanage and, and a church and, wow. and a school. Wow. That was super exciting. Everybody's always like, whoa, you went to Pakistan? Like, yeah. Oh, my goodness. That's super cool. That's that's part of the thing that we're passionate about is helping missionaries create mm -hmm. video content. Um, and that can take you to some really cool places. Yeah, that's awesome. And that, that probably ties into, because I think you guys are masterful storytellers, and there's probably an incredible story that you, as artists, can begin and end, right? Like, is that part of the fun of, like, that particular project? Yeah. For, told a story? For those projects, we approach it like a documentary film. Yes. Um, so we really try to draw out a story. We usually start by 
selecting an individual, um, maybe somebody over in, in the third world country who has a story to tell. Right. Um, and we tell that individual story that gives people an emotional connection. Um, and then we can also educate them with facts and figures and stuff. That kind of is the head knowledge. Right. When you get that combination of the emotional human interest story with the, the facts and figures that kind of please your intellectual brain, mm -hmm. you are you end up with this really compelling, persuasive piece that can be super effective at getting people to donate or to volunteer. Right. Um, and so that can be really satisfying. Yeah, that's cool. So two, two kind of like last questions, if you will. Um, for you guys, what do you think is the future? I'm going to say marketing, and I know that's a big question, but maybe you can narrow it in for us, right? Like the future of video, the future of content creation. But, but what do you think, where do you, where do you see it going from your perspective in it every single day? So, um, I mean, the big exciting new thing happening right now is AI. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of talk about that. There's a lot of buzz. I think that's um, going to be a branch of the future of video. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it is necessarily going to replace all other types of video, but I right. think it will be like it's the start of a new era. Mm -hmm. There's going to be definitely AI integrations into the video production and marketing world. I mean, right. there already is a ton yeah. of it. Um, so that's something, it's hard to say exactly where that's going to go, but there are some people thinking, you know, you can just type in a prompt and it's going to create like a awesome video for you. Right. And maybe, um, on, on the other hand, I think there's always going to be, um, video that's, made by cameramen and, and stuff like that because there are certain things that you can't just auto-generate. Like when you're talking about filming inside your own business right? your testimonials of real customers and things like that. So right. I don't think that's going away or anything like that. But I do think it's there's going to be a, a new type of video emerging right. with AI. Yeah, I, I agree. With, like AI is like there's a new tool on the scene. Again, it's not doing the work, but it's a new tool, that's for sure. Yeah, um, and yeah, just to touch on my perspective, yeah, I mean, AI is a thing. I st there's also so much content flooding the internet now. Mm -hmm. it's, it's There's like zero bar to entry. Cell phone cameras are really good now. Right. So I think at least to stand out in whatever the future of it looks like, it's really going to come down to who has the best messaging. Yeah. Because, yeah, everyone can make good-looking video. Everyone can do it quickly and pretty much by themselves on a lot of ways, but mm -hmm. to truly stand out in that mess of content it's really going to come down to whoever has the best matches message is going to win yeah. and then on top of that stay on top of the algorithms like what is effective on facebook what is effective on google i heard google might change their whole search engine to a point where everyone gets personalized results instead of when you search this key phrase these oh are the results goodness, it'll be wow. key phrase Kinda results to dave wow or jeremy right so that'll change the game for SEO, oh search engine gracious. optimization, yeah. and all But that, that actually stuff. sounds logical. It sounds it better, doesn't way. it? Yeah. yeah. I don't want to wow. see the guy who's pumped his website to the top of my key phrase. Right. You know, because that's generally not what I'm looking for. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. What makes good content, in your guys' opinion? Or good messaging? I mean, what, good, How do you stand out in the noise? I mean, it's really just understanding your client's pain points, mm -hmm. what problem are they trying to solve, and just quickly and effectively showcasing your solution yeah. to it yeah that's awesome what would you say Jim? yeah i think matt hit it hit the nail on the head there yeah. if you can 
clearly articulate someone's problem that they face, then yeah. you have instantly grabbed their attention. They're going to listen to you as you describe the answer, the solution to their problem. Right. Um, and then you will also have gained authority on the situation and credibility that you actually can help them solve it right. because you've articulated their pain point or their problem. Right. That's awesome. Well, one of the main reasons we do this here is because, you know, we say insurance for the doers all the time. That's that's a, a phrase. What it gets at is entrepreneur. We have some incredible clients that we've been on unbelievable journeys with, and that is that's a major why for me to get to be a, on a journey with someone else. Um, that's the most rewarding thing that we do, and so I always want really practical things of if someone's currently on a journey, what would be helpful to them, right? So for you guys, what w what would be the one piece of advice? For someone today, whether they're a two-person company or a you know fifty thousand employee company, what would you say in this world of marketing? Is my one thing for you. I mean, to start, I'd say if you're like you're talking about a business, mm -hmm. or marketing for yourself, then just you have to totally understand who your client is yeah, before you can sell really it to good. them. You know, like create a profile if you have to and it doesn't have to be your clients if you have right. bad clients who's your dream client mm -hmm. what is their needs and how does your product fulfill those and right. if you can map that out and wrap all your messaging through that filter yeah you've just probably beat out like most of your competition or at least put yourself on the playing field to right. i love that get in it like love that and it if you're two people or two hundred thousand employees like that holds the mm -hmm. whole way who are you actually talking to yeah yeah that's good what about for you guys um, yeah, I think some of the best marketing advice that I've read was in a, a book called Story Brand by yes. Donald Miller. Oh my goodness, yes. Love that book. Um, I think he really articulated clearly kind of the steps to dominating in marketing, mm -hmm. um, which the first step is, is articulating that problem, um, sharing, uh, creating content that views the world through your customer's eyes, not yes. through your own eyes. So. Yeah. You know, this is not, we're not here to tell the world how great your business is. Right. We're here to tell the world that we can solve your problem. Right. Um, so differentiating yeah, between the two. Yeah. Um, that's huge. Um, and yeah, if you haven't read that book, definitely read Story Brand. Yes. Love awesome it. Awesome book. Yeah, absolutely. It's on every shelf for, uh, <laughs> yeah. on our team here. Um, so, guys, you guys are fantastic at what you do whether you will they might not say it but i'm gonna shout on them a little bit you guys have been incredible to work with you're phenomenal at what you do if some of our viewers or listeners wanted to get a hold of you how would they do so uh yeah so you can find us online at edgeofcinema.com um or give us an email team at edgeofcinema.com yeah perfect all right well thank you guys so much for being on today we hope you learned something We'll see you next time. Have a great afternoon, everybody.